All right, well, hey, good morning again, friendship. Y'all need your coffee, right? Uh, hey, it's so good to see you. Um, man, we are in week number three, the final week of this series called Together, which is really about the idea that we are better together. So the first week we talked about that together we find life in Christ. Last week we said that together we grow stronger in community. And today we're going to talk about together we can change the world. Together, we can change the world. And today's going to be super practical. In fact, you're going to hear from me for just a few minutes. Uh, I want to bring my guy, Derek Gowdy, up here in just a few minutes. Um, but I want to introduce what we're talking about today. Because, you know, so often we get caught up in our own little world, right? Going through the week, going through our lives, we get caught up in our own little world. And we forget about the bigger picture. Like all that God is doing all around us and all around the world. And I want to take you to Ephesians chapter 3. We've been in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 the last couple weeks, and you know, sometimes we, we think, I can't make that big of an impact. And the reality is, no, not alone, but together we can. In fact, this, this, this is what we've been made for, that together we can change the world. And I want you to see in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul pens these words to the church at Ephesus. He says in verse number 7, of this gospel, speaking of the good news of Jesus, he says, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, here's what Paul is saying, I'm just a regular guy. But to me, he says, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles, okay, to preach to those who are outside the family of God, to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church. Can you say those three words with me? Through the church. So that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Here's what Paul was saying about this call on his life, this purpose for his life. And really for all of us, he said that God wants to use the church. Did you catch those three words? I know you said them. Maybe you didn't catch them. He said through the church. That means through us. It says he wants to show off the glory and the goodness and the grace and the manifold wisdom, like the mind-blowing wisdom and goodness of God. He wants to use us as the church to make that known to the world, to the world. He wants to use us to do that. There's three greats in the Bible that I, that I think of. Maybe you've heard of a couple of these and are familiar with two of them. Um, one is called the Great Commandment. You all know what that one is? Okay, Jesus said this sums up all of the, the law and the prophets, all of the scriptures, he said, are wrapped up in these two things. Love God and love others. Love God and love others. And then Jesus, when he was getting ready to ascend to the Father, he gives what we would know as the great commission. You guys know what that is? He told his disciples, he said, go and make disciples of all nations. So the great commandment, love God, love others. The great commission, go and make disciples, make followers of Jesus. 
This third one you're probably not familiar with, but it's what we would call the great collaboration. Okay, I heard this earlier this year, and it really stuck with me. The great collaboration. You know what a collaboration is? It's when, when people work together on something, right? So the great collaboration is this. We are to love God, love others. We are to go and make disciples, but we're to do that not alone, but how? Together. Together. Together we can change the world. In fact, when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross and he was praying, he was in this intense prayer dialogue with the Father. And he prayed this prayer in John 17, verse number 22. He says this, the glory, God, that you have given me, I have given to them. You know who the them he's talking about? He's talking about his followers, his disciples. He says, God, the glory that you've given to me, I have given to them that they may be what? One. That they may be one, even as we are one. Here's what he's praying for his followers. That just the way Jesus, God the Son, and God the Father are one, he says, I'm praying that your followers would be one, that they would be united together. Why? He goes on and says this, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. And don't miss this. This was Jesus' prayer for all of us, that, that we would come together, that we would be one, that we would, would be united around the person of Jesus so that the whole world would know that God sent Jesus and that God loves us. So the way that we work together, the way that we love one another, the collaboration, the way we do God's mission together tells the watching world that God is for real. This is a great collaboration. And, you know, a couple weeks ago or maybe last week, I introduced this idea of the, the circles, okay, the, what I call the growth circle. So a way for us, uh, no matter where you're at in your faith, a way for you to figure out your next steps in growing in your relationship with God. So a lot of people would start on the far left circle, which is the weekly gathering, just showing up for church every week. A lot of people, this is their normal entry point into what it means to, to follow God or to understand that. And then the second circle was life in Christ. We talked about this two weeks ago. This idea that we have to have a relationship with God. Our sins need to be forgiven, and we need to surrender our lives to God and follow him. And so we find life in Jesus. And then last week, this third circle was life in community, which is all about the fact that we are better together, that we grow stronger when we're connected to each other, not when we're isolated. So this week we're going to cover these kind of last two circles, um, which is life on mission. And I've divided these up into life on mission, serve, which is what we'll talk about more this morning. But I just want to give you a little teaser for this, this fifth circle, which is life on mission. It has the idea of multiplying or multiplication. Okay, because Jesus said to go and make disciples, which means you make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. It's like you have kids who grow up and have kids who grow up and have kids, right? It's this idea of multiplying. Um, so starting next year, and we'll talk about this, we'll probably devote a whole series to this at some point. Um, we're going to start up what I would call um, their discipleship groups of four to six men or women together, and we're going to call them fight clubs, all right? So it's groups of, uh, small groups of men and women who meet together regularly really to fight for one another's faith in the gospel, because we need one another. We need people around us and in our life, life to life, who are encouraging us and pushing us towards Jesus. And so fight clubs are a way we're going to 
look to multiply, to do what Jesus did with the 12, to invest in a handful of people, and for us to multiply. We'll talk about that next year, okay? But this morning, we're going to talk mainly about this fourth circle, which is life on mission, which is all about serving. It's all about serving. And I know some of you, I've been here, what, three months? And some of you are like, man, you talk about serving a lot. And when are you ever going to, like, stop doing that? I have good news for you. There will come a day where I will stop talking about serving. Okay, the bad news is it will not be in this lifetime, all right, um, because this is part of what it means to follow Jesus, is we're called to be servants, to be like Jesus, which means not just serving in a role, but becoming someone who serves others, who has a servant's heart, okay? And there's three kind of main ways that I want to talk about this morning. Serve the church, serve the community, serve the world. And again, what I want to get to the heart of here, the idea is that we're to serve Jesus everywhere. So at home, in your school, at your workplace. You don't just serve. Sometimes we think in the church, it's just I've got to serve in the kids area or I've got to serve as a greeter. And that's what it means to serve. No, no, no. To be like Jesus is to serve people everywhere, wherever you're at. And so that's, that's the goal. But there's three big areas that I want to talk about today. And it's serve the church which I want to talk about for the next few minutes, and then serving the community and serving the world. And Derek will be up here in just a couple minutes. So let me give you three really practical ways to serve the church in this season. I don't know about you if you've noticed it, but God is doing some things in and around friendship and in our area. God is at work. Amen? He is working. And so I want to give you some three really practical ways that you can serve the church in this season where God has us, okay? So number one is this, serve by showing up. Serve by showing up. You know, sometimes, you know, we just think about attendance. It's something that we just got to come to church, check that off the box. It's our weekly thing that we got to do. It's on our calendar or whatever. But listen, when you actually show up, we don't show up just to observe. We don't show up just to receive. We don't show up just to receive religious goods and services. No, we, when we show up, the scriptures say that what we do is we serve one another. Like we encourage one another. We worship together. And let me tell you this, your presence, I mean, it serves, it serves me. It serves the heart of the people around you when you show up and engage. This isn't just a, 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 an activity where you participate by sitting and watching. No, you encourage and you serve others. But I really want to encourage you in the season that we're going into because, again, next Saturday we are launching a brand new service. And, and I don't want us to think of it in terms of, hey, we just have a new service time. I want us to attack this with this mentality that we are actually launching like a brand new church, like a whole other church plant uh, on Saturday. And so because here's, here's the reality. There's a lot of folks that we cannot touch, that we cannot reach on a Sunday morning because of work or whatever the reason, that we can reach people that no one else is reaching just by doing a different day and a different time. I don't know if you realize that, but we're going we're gonna to go after this like this is a whole other church that God is giving us an opportunity to launch, okay? And so one of the ways that, that you try to launch something new is you try to go big. 
You want to do it well, right? You want people to go, okay, this is something I want to come back to. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Um, and, and this is, you may be seeing this online. We're going to have a movie on the lawn after our first week's service. So starting next week uh, at 6 p.m., we'll have our, our first Saturday night service launching this bad boy, all right? And we're going to follow it up with a movie on the lawn. So we're going to show Aladdin uh, out back. We'll provide the pizza, uh, popcorn, drinks. You bring a chair. Bring someone with you. Bring the family, okay? Uh, And what I want to encourage you to do, what I really want to plead with you to do is let's, let's do this big. You know what I'm saying? Let's do this well. Let's show up. Some of you, I know you have plans. Some of you, I know you're like, there's a football game that night. No, there's not. All right, it's bye week, Carolina and Clemson. We plan that around y'all. I have a game that night, so I may be watching a movie with my Buckeyes on the small screen. I will be there, though, all right? Um, Here's the deal. I'm asking you to show up because this is what we're doing to launch a church. I don't know if you've ever thought about starting a brand new church. It takes more than a pastor. (laughs) Do you realize that? It takes a lot of people. It takes many people doing a little but sometimes what happens in church world is you have a few people doing a lot, burning a lot of people out. But if we're going to do this, we can't do this alone. We've got to do it how? Together. Together. And so I'm going I'm to encourage you to show up, to be a part of this. In fact, you uh, should have gotten one of these little cards on your seat. And one of the ways we're going to do this together is we're going to pray together about this. So if you would, if you would join us. Uh, in praying every day this week for, for what's getting ready to take place, for this new launch, for the people that God may reach through this effort. I want to encourage you. That's the first check on there, if you will pray with us. Uh, the second thing is this. I will commit to attending. Here's what I want to ask you to consider, okay? Maybe some of you, you would just come and be with us on our launch night on this coming Saturday at 6 p.m. Okay, maybe some of you would say, you know, I want to be a part of this launch team, and I'll commit to coming as much as I can on Saturday nights during the month of October. Um, maybe that's what you want to do. Because here, here's why we're asking that. Because if, if somebody shows up, doesn't have a relationship with God, they show up and there's 10 of us here, I mean, those 10 may be awesome people, right? But they're going to go, ah, this is weird. I don't want to come back, right? But if they see life in and amongst God's people, they go, man, I, I want to be a part of this. They will come back. And so maybe you would just commit to coming on October 5th. Maybe you'd say, I'll be here through the month of October as much as I can. Maybe you would say, I'll be part of this launch team until the end of the year. Like through December, as much as I can be here, I want to be here to support and help and serve people. So one of the ways I want to encourage you to to serve the church is through just showing up. Another way is this, is to serve by filling a role. And, And you'll see on that card, the third kind of option there for you is I want to I serve. I want to play a part. I want to help. I don't want to just show up. Uh, I want to serve by filling a role. Uh, I'll just tell you this. One of our biggest needs on Saturday night, really any of our services, is, is serving our kids. It's ministering to kids. It's pointing kids to Jesus. And so maybe you have never served before. Um, jumping in on a week-to-week basis may be too much for you. Some of you, you may want to do that. Some of you, it's just once a month. You would say, let me try this out. I want to serve. I want to play a part. I don't know if I can do it every week, but let me try it out. Maybe you just want to serve once a month. Maybe it would be two or three times a month, all right? But I want to encourage you to think about serving by filling a role. And there's a third way that you can serve the church in this season we're in. It's just by getting the word out. 
okay? Getting the word out. You may have seen an adorable little pug flyer, right? Did you see that? Um, So the whole theme of this is sleep in or go to church. Because some of y'all, you look like this pug with rigor mortis, right? (laughs) This morning. I mean, it's after 11 and you're still like, what? (laughs) Okay, so here's the idea. A lot of people don't want to get up on Sunday morning. So we're saying, hey, you can do both. You can sleep in on Sunday morning. You can show up for church on Saturday night. Boom. All right. Got you covered. So getting the word out. So you got a flyer. You can hand this out. Um, we've also will have um, these will be banners that we'll have on each side of our driveway along Highway 1. So people, when they go by, they'll see and they'll go, oh, yeah, that's the Pug Church. All right. Get ready to be known as the Pug Church. That's okay. I love pugs. All right. They're cute. Um, so we'll also do this. We've got yard signs. Okay, we've got like 20 or 30 yard signs that have this cute little pug on it, all right? So here's what you can do, is if you live in a place that you would think is strategically um, positioned to where you're going to get some traffic or people coming by, people will see this, um, man, I would invite you to go by guest services before you leave and grab a yard sign, okay? For my family, we live on a cul-de-sac, so probably not the best place to stick a yard sign, right? Because my three neighbors... Um, a couple of them who go here, like, it's not going to help, right? But if you live uh, in a place like the entrance to a neighborhood or you work somewhere where you can get permission to put up a yard sign that has it, because who doesn't like a sleeping pug, right? (laughs) They're cute. And so um, somebody said, well, our neighbors do not like us, so they probably won't like us if we put up a sign. I'm like, well, maybe they like pugs, you know, right? So getting the word out, which means sharing these, maybe grabbing a yard sign, Um, Going on uh, social media, we have a Facebook event you can share. Um, Little FYI, we now have a brand new website. We also have a brand new Instagram account, if y'all do that. Um, Friendship Wired is the handle there. Um, But getting the word out, sharing this news that we're doing this new uh, Saturday night, 6 p.m. service, okay? So those are all ways that you can serve the church. And I want to encourage you to consider what God has for you. Fill this out, um, turn it into guest services, drop it in the black boxes as you leave. Um, Man, we would love for you to be a part of what God is doing here. So we're going to transition. We're going to talk about serving the community and serving the world. So I want to ask Derek Gowdy to come on up here. Ric Flair, can you give him a little love this morning? Woo! There we go. Man, I got hung with that, and I don't even like the guy. I'm going to have my fight night with 105-year-old Ric Flair. Does that count as outreach? Okay. Uh, Thank you for being here today. Before I get into, I'm here to talk about Guatemala. But before Guatemala, I want to, if some of you weren't here last Sunday, we talked about a great thing that's going to start off tomorrow night, and it's part of feeding the needy in our area with food for the soul. I'm really excited about it. I told Phyllis, you know, I haven't had butterflies like this since high school football before a game. Um, But it's really exciting when Andrew talked about what God is doing in this church. I mean, this is part of it. So for those that don't premiere with Food for the Soul, it's a Kershaw County mission to reach out to the homeless and the needy. Um, I've been privileged to serve on the board there. Um, We have a facility off of DeKalb Street. Um, Serving over, right now, our run rate is about 25,000 meals a year. Um, We house anywhere between 20 to 25 on a running basis when it's cold. That number can get up to 40. 
of homeless um, men, women, and children. But most of the work right now is in Camden and out in Bethune and a little bit in Cassett. And what we want to do is bring it here into our backyard in Lugolf and Elgin. So the way we're going to do that is starting tomorrow night is serve meals to the homeless and the needy in this area. Now, it's a little bit different. You know, people are more spread out around here. So we don't really know how and how many we're going to get, but we're going to start off and grow it. So tomorrow's the first time. If you're interested in that, um, we got some sign-up sheets. I can tell you more about it. Phyllis and I will be at the back corner. Um, we really have two time slots, 2 o'clock to 4.30, and that is to go to the kitchen at Food for the Soul in Camden and actually prepare the food. And then from 5.15 to 7.30, serve here because we'll be serving a meal at 6 o'clock. If any of that fits your schedule or, or where you see yourself plugging in, um, I encourage you to come by, even if you just think you may be interested, and talk to us about it. We really could use some more people for the 2 to 4.30 slot. Naturally, a lot of people are working, so that's right in the middle of your work day. But if you can help me cook, um, then you're qualified to serve during that time. So, Phyllis, quit laughing over there. I cooked dinner last night. <laughs> sort of. Um, so, anyway, please see us about that. All right. Next slide. I'm here to talk about world missions in Guatemala. And I'm going to tell you ahead of time, y'all know I like to cut up and have fun with the best of them. Quit laughing at me. Um, but this thing is very important to me. And because it's very important to me, anybody that's ever gone on these teams know that I cry a lot. You know, something you may not know about me, I like little kittens, long walks in the park by listening to Barry Manilow. That's a joke, because you all just judged me, so stop it. Um, no, nah, but my Friday morning guys, that better not come up if, if I cry, because we're here for each other, encourage each other. But, but it, you'll see me when I get there. This will start quivering, and I'll just stop for a minute, so just be patient with me so I don't boo-hoo up here. Um, there are a lot of techniques I've read about speaking in front of people and how to do it when you're emotional about something and there are a bunch of them there some of them are really weird but one of them was you're supposed to bite the inside of your mouth have you ever heard that um which is kind of hard to talk when you're doing that but I want you to experience it with me so get a good mouthful of your mouth <laughs> now say after me no one burnt your she shed down Cheryl I'm not, I want you to do it, do it. All right, one, two, three. No one virtual she should know, Cheryl. See it, that don't work. But when you guys see that commercial, it's going to make you think about missions. So there. All right, next, uh, this slide, don't go yet. Um, this year, when we were there this past July, I just had a moment one night reflecting back um, over the last 17 years that we've been going to Guatemala. And I just thought about the first guy that allowed me to go on the trip with him when we were figuring this out. And I just, you know, I don't know. I just felt compelled to send him a text saying, hey, dude, I'm glad you let me be a part of that. Who knew? I said, who knew that this would turn into something that, quite honestly, people gravitate towards. It's just a group of friends that go every year and get stuff done. And I said... Who knew? And then he replied back with that quote. 
You can count the number of seeds in an apple, but it's impossible to count the apples in a seed. And, and that was pretty cool because after I finished crying, I realized that that's what missions is about, right? Um, everybody wants to do something and see something immediate from that, you know. And, and okay, we're all that way. And sometimes you do, but sometimes you don't. And part of it is planting seeds. And, it, and when you're reaching out in your community or in the church or globally, you just never know. I mean, we've had people come up to us with a simple photograph that we shared with them, and you think nothing about it. Or you gave them your name tag just as a go, go or by token. And three years later, they bring that back to you and show it to you. And you go, man, man, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool because... Outreach and missions is about relationships, and that's, that's, what, that's what becomes of it. And to me, this quote is ideal. It's the one that the team got tired of me saying during the week, but I'm still hung on to it. That's just my favorite quote right now, and I often remind myself it's just impossible to count the seeds, okay? I mean, the apple's in the seed. Let's go to the next slide. Okay, I'm not here to try to tug on your heartstrings or make you feel guilty about anything, that's not it. But you go, okay, why Guatemala? And I'll go, there's a list of needs there. And what the teams try to do is holistically show the love of Christ by meeting daily needs. Oh, yeah, we get into the gospel and we get into evangelism and we throw our hearts at them to show them Christ, but we also do it by just helping them through their daily lives. We're talking about the indigenous people, and if you're not familiar with that term, it's the rural areas in Guatemala. Um, and in those areas, these are the statistics that, that I've been known about and keep updating, that two-thirds of the people live on less than $2 a day. Two-thirds of them. I think the number is like 40% of them, it's a dollar a day. 70% of malnourished, that's the fourth highest in the world. Wow. 58% you see there of children have stunted growth. You know, oftentimes we think because it's their, uh, their Mayan heritage that they're shorter people. But a lot of them are short because they just don't have good food. They're malnourished. Babies are delivered at home on dirt floors. And I'll talk a little bit more in a minute about the medical clinics we do, but imagine that. Imagine that, having a baby at home, not going to the hospital, and these children, the only medical attention they sometimes get are what we bring to them in the village. And the life expectancy is 55 years. That one hits home to me because I'm 57. I've been gone two years ago. Now, in the more developed areas, the life expectancy is about 12, sometimes 15 years longer than that. But that's just reflective on how difficult their lives are. You know, it's, think about when you go camping. You go camping for a weekend and don't, you know, if you don't have the RV, but you're just going out there and roughing it. That's what life is about there. That's what life is about there every day because most of the families have no no heat and dirt floors. And I won't get a lot into the correlations between dirt floors and health with the parasites and all those things that hide in floors. I mean, we get crazy, right, just sweeping a little bit of dirt we have off our floor. If that's all your floor was, 
and you've had a baby at home on that floor. But this particular community that I'll show you a picture of is at a high elevation. So it's cold there. And when we were there during July, which is their summer, and we've been, we partnered with neighborhoods or villages before that have been in the coastal plain, and it's just hot. I mean, it's hot, hot. 105 degrees at times hot. But here we're so high up in the altitude that the low, when we were there in July at that night, got down to 39. And their winter is the same winter as ours. During their winters, it gets down in the 20s. And they don't have heat in their homes. So you got children, newborns, all that stuff, and you're in a, a house. It was living like my great-great-grandmother used to tell me about, where you literally, they'll heat up a water bottle, and you put the wool blankets on you. That's kind of how they are during those cold months. And the average schooling, which is another emphasis I'll talk about here in a second, is only two and a half years. And typical, I mean, that's, there's a dropout, a high dropout rate from schooling. The schools in the rural areas run to sixth grade. And if they want to go seventh, eighth grade, they usually have to go out into other areas and travel away. So most of the little schools provided there are through the sixth grade. And again, I'm not telling you this to go to make you sad or make you feel guilty or anything like that. That's not the reason. It's the reason is answer the question, why Guatemala? And we say, well, that's our piece of the world that we felt God has led us to to make an impact. A deep, narrow river never dries up, right? The wide, shallow rivers are the ones that dry up. So what we're trying to do is let that little village be our deep river that we're impacting. Because think about this. Think about it for a second. If you live in the United States and you earn, as a household, $40,000, a household, two adults, two kids, that's below the national average, but you're still richer than 6.8 billion people in the world. You're richer than 6.8 billion people. So this is not like an isolated situation. And their stuff is no cheaper than ours. If they want to go buy gasoline, it's the same price we pay. It's not like they get some discount and it's $2.50 a gallon here and there, it's 50 cents. No. You know, in some of the heavier areas of population, they do have fast food restaurants. It's not like you can go to KFC and get the fill-up for 50 cents. It's still five bucks. So that really comes to the point. The only difference between them and us is where we were born. It's where we were born. That is the only difference between them and us. And that's not a political stance. That's just a heart stance. That we were born here, not there. So, you see the slide here. This is giving you a little more of a, a mind's eye of where we are going now. The, the slide to the left is a village, a large town called Weiwei. It's got a longer name, and everybody that goes on these trips know I can't speak Spanish, so I'll go with what the locals call it is Weiwei. Weiwei is a way down where we are. We're at 10,000 feet above sea level in a village to the right called Los, Los Arenales. And so we're at a highland plain. That's why it's so cold, because you're walking around, and it's relatively flat, as you can see, 
in the picture, kind of some little rolling mountain tops in the valleys. And God blessed us when we were here in July for that double rainbow reminding us of the promise, right? That's pretty cool. If you look real close, you can see the top. But um, what we do as, as this group is we just don't go in, throw a lot of stuff at them, and leave. We'll go in and commit to a village for three years or more. And with this one, you know, again, it's the indigenous people there. And this is grammatically incorrect to say they're more indigenous than some. But truly, you go into places, it's off the grid. We did a little prayer walk one day and went out behind the village. And literally, a guy came up riding a horse with a burrow behind him with six bags of feed on it or corn or whatever, and he'd gone to the market to trade. He didn't have a lot of money. He traded. And he was going back home to the mountains and to his house not far from where we were. And I can tell you, you don't see any power lines or anything running around there. So he, that's his life, right? And, and Dr. Ugo that I'll also talk about here in a second reminds us that socially they're 200 to 300 years behind us. Economically, are they about 70, 80 years behind us? But why we, we, we never compare one village to another as far as saying this one's better or worse, or one trip saying, oh, this trip was better than last year. We never do that. That's just a rule that, 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 that we unspoken that we talk about. But this one's special. And, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about why we feel like this one is truly special. So next slide. This is a great godly man, Dr. Ugo. I was fortunate enough to meet this gentleman in 2002. One day, you know, we take, I can tell you more about him, but he has dedicated his entire life to serving the rural Guatemalan people. He's a degreed medical doctor. He could have lived a life of wealth, and he gave it all up for his entire life to pour his heart into helping the indigenous people. Quick story, right after medical school, he was doing, he was required to do a year residency, and he was working with one of the Mayan people in the, in, in the area, and he saw a child that was two years old, very malnourished, at the point of, point of dying, and he saw the child too late. The child passed away, so he's just sitting there racking his brain going, this child was healthy up until two years old, and then it passed away, why? And he told us the story that he sat down with the mother, and mother said, well, the child was healthy. The child got sick, and there you can go to the pharmacy, and they can prescribe pretty much anything. The pharmacist gave us milk of magnesia. And she said, because it was expensive and because it was milk, I gave it to him, and my child got better. So I kept giving it to my child. And that was what the child was living off of, was milk of magnesia only. And the child died. And he said with just a little bit of education, with just a little bit, somebody spending some time to explain to somebody, educate them on community, health, and evangelism, he could have saved a life. And that was really the turning point, he'll tell you, that caused him, after he got done with this year of residency, not to go in, into the big hospital and collect the big salary, but to dedicate his life to serving the people. So I can get behind somebody like that, right? You can partner with somebody like that. And he, we go in, and Che is just not a throw out stuff and leave. 
It's a sustained program in which you teach the villagers leadership. They get a, a leadership team. They start learning about hygiene, leadership, evangelism. And then they go through and it's sustaining because while we're not there, he has people he'll send every two weeks or so to maintain this. And then they get to a point where we, we fade away. That's why I say five to seven years because it's sustained. And the whole CHE program is then they have learned that it's their responsibility to now go and multiply, just like Andrew said. It's their responsibility to take what they've learned and go to another village and help that village out. And in fact, another exciting thing about this particular, uh, particular relationship is they now have a church plant there. One of the other villages had gone through CHE and sent a guy into this village to lead them in a church. And now they're meeting in a little house. Man, you're talking about worship, though. They let it go. But they're right now, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, too. That's what's so cool about it. We're helping a church plant in Guatemala. Next slide. Okay. If any of you have ever been on one of these trips, whether it was this year, last year, whatever, please stand up. Please stand up. Robin, Hannah, let's all let's get up, get up, get up. And this is just at this service. We had just this many in the first service too, but God, you got a responsibility here. Okay. I'm, these people won't do it for the recognition, so I'm forcing them to stand up because they'd rather do it for the sake of loving on the people. All right, what's our team verse? Mark 10.45. We've had the same team verse forever. Let's all recite it together. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. You didn't even know that, did you? <laughs> that, you didn't even know you were a good setup man on that. Okay, y'all can sit down now. Thank you. But when you look at, this is what missions can look like. You know, you, you got Abby Grace there just spending time letting a little girl braid her hair. But there was something that happened before that, right? It was her just being available. It's her going and meeting with the kids. When we first rolled up into this village two years ago, it was the first time we ever been there. And we were getting this look about, what are you guys here for? And until people trust you, until tr people look at you and say, well, you are truly here to show me the love of Christ. Then they start building on that relationship. And it was the icebreaker because you can see Hannah over here. She's the one in the corner. I would like to tell you a drone took that, but I just stood over him in a weird way and took that picture. That's what missions can also look like. Just loving on kids where you grab a bunch of them, grab a coloring book pages and crayons and hand them out and just spending time with them. Hannah's got another outreach she didn't know about because if you know Hannah, she's definitely afraid of birds. And there's this chicken. See the chicken right here? That chicken followed Hannah around wherever she went. <laughs> so in some weird way, Hannah's there building a relationship with a chicken too. <laughs> okay, next slide. This is the school. Um, and they're all lined up for vacation Bible school. And, and, and a lot of the group that's here today were the, really the ones that ran with vacation Bible school this way. Cheap. Raise your hand, cheap. Robin's story's been doing it, but Hannah, 
Abby Grace, Steve, and I hate calling people out because I'm going to miss one. Hunter, Hunter stepped up and led some kids to Christ in a prayer one day that was just heart melting. But this is those kids lining up for vacation Bible school. And this is the cool thing about it. We just don't go play. Here in public schools, you can't pray. You can't talk about Jesus. You can't read the Bible. But we can there. So, man, we're jumping all over that. And these kids hear Christ. And this is, go to the next slide. This is what vacation Bible school looks like. There's some fun. There's some laughter. We make it exciting. But if you ever wonder if there were any seeds planted, last year, I mean, but this past year, um, Robin and group were saying, all right, somebody, somebody come forward and tell us a Bible verse that you remembered from last year. A little kid raised her hand and went running up there and recited the Bible verse. I'm biting my mouth. Hang on with me. There was another kid that raised his hand and ran up and told us what each color of the salvation bracelet meant. White is washed. My sins are washed clean. Gold is heaven. Like, that was cool. That was cool. We said, all right, I got to see a little apple tree there. Because we are, we are helping them that way. We help them by just relationships. We help them in vacation Bible school, in the school, in one of these relationships. The next slide. Wait, wait, wait I'm sorry. I, that's, that's on me. See the little building up in the, the right corner? This uh, little wooden shack there? This was their kitchen. Kitchen. And they served meals during the day because, again, for every reason I've talked about, you know, they're feeding the children while they're at school. Because that's the only meal they can get sometimes. But this, that was, if you can, that kitchen was just a big old bonfire like that you would build for fun with a big pot sitting in the middle of it. And studies have shown that if you can get that smoke out of their living quarters, it extends the life in children, women and children, by 10 to 15 years just because it's so toxic. And when you went inside that, that building, I wouldn't even stay in there longer than a minute. Bill and well, remember, we went in there and just like, we had to try and get out of there. And then we just smelled of smoke the rest of the day. This is what they were just living in the middle of. So, next slide. We were able, as a team, with God's provisions, to build them this kitchen, or have this kitchen built. And you notice the two smokestacks, and also there, the big black um, jugs, or the big bat barrel there is the water. Because when you're at 10,000 feet in rocky terrain, you can't drill wells. So you catch rainwater on the gutters of the roof and put it into um, storage tanks like that, and that's your water supply. And during the dry seasons, you know, obviously then you start running low on water. So... By us providing that, you're also providing water and meals and a healthy environment for the people to live in. Next slide, please. Um, ignore the two ugly guys on each side and the guy in the middle. Bill there with the big Under Armour advertisement on his shirt. He, uh, he's been leading these teams with me. He does a lot of the heavy lifting since 2005, I think. 
Isn't that right? Close enough. But in the middle is the principal of the school. He's our buddy now. And I don't say that in a using, manipulating kind of way. He's truly our friend. We're Facebook buddies. But that's a friendship there. That was built off of relationships. That was off of him saying, you know, you guys did what you said you were going to do. I trust you. You said you were going to get us a kitchen. We talked about it on the first day. I've been wanting a kitchen for five years, and nobody would help me get it. And you guys did. Come on. Come on in my school. Do whatever you want to. So the cool part about that then is the next slide. In addition to vacation Bible school, working with the children, education, we usually provide a construction project. Um, this is a church building that was built in the last nine months, eight months, really three months. You know, when you get old like me, you can't remember stuff. But that, that didn't exist until we got engaged with the community. And the cool thing about it, okay, all right, we don't, the church is the people, right? But it's a church plant meeting in a house. And in their culture, these buildings are the community heartbeat. They're the center of the community. It's not just church, but it, it signifies their strength. When they have a meeting, when anything, they all come to church. When there's need, even when we get this built, medical clinics and all, it'll be done in the church. The church is their big net that they cast. So it's very important that we build that church. And it's not only a church building, but it's the community center. Um, and we're going to talk about what that really means. But right now, all they need is a roof. And they'll start, that, that will be their, their rock and roll church building. Um, dirt floor, no windows, no door, doesn't matter. And that's cool to be a part of that. That's cool to see a church plant that was multiplication from another village get that kind of foundation and growth. All right, next slide. <clears throat> this is going to be the toughest one. I, mean, I never get through this slide. And this is part of what we do in helping in the medical clinic. Um, you know, Dr. Ugo, being a doctor, he comes in. He'll bring some other doctors with him. We, we help them provide the means. Um, you know, the, the church building, will, like I said, will help with that. But currently... A guy that's on fire for Christ said, use my house. I, I insist that you use my house for the medical clinic. So who of you would volunteer to have a bunch of sick people come in your house for three or four days, just sit there all day long? Mm, I don't know if I would, right? And my house had a dirt floor and no electricity. We run an extension cord from the nearest building with, the, with electricity. We go cut down church branch, I mean tree branches and put on the floor to keep the dust down. They've, all, they've even done minor surgeries in that environment. Now, like I said, remember, these children are being born at home with dirt floors. This is the only medical attention some of them get. But here's a tree that you saw grow while we were there. This particular kid, Dr. Ugo explained to us, and when he, when Dr. Ugo is seeing patients, he just doesn't take, check the temperature, temperature or blood pressure or something, he sits down and shares Christ with them. He pours his heart out in them. 
And sometimes when we're our little selfish little people, it'll be 6 o'clock and we're ready to pack it up for the evening and go get something to eat. And we're like, what's he doing? Man, he's spending time with the family, not only finding out <clears throat> what their medical condition is, but what's their heart condition. Man, again, I can align and support with that. But this particular kid had such a chronic eye infection that had the doctors not gotten to him with the medicine and the treatment, he'd have gone blind. There's an apple tree. <clears throat> Bear with me. I'm regrouping. <clears throat> you know, I, I described the exact environment that they're in. Can you imagine being a kid trying to go to school, trying to live off $2 a day, living in a house with no heat, with it 20 degrees and you can't see? Life is tough, but it'll be a little bit better for that kid. Because somebody took the time to go help. Okay, so what's next? We're going to deepen relationship with school. The, each of the villages that we work with, there seems to be a strength that we, we tie into, and without a doubt, this one's the school. We often try to... I, think at times get a little frustrated with the older group because for 300 years they've been the way they are and we want them to change in a moment, right? And, and there's no quick fix to that. But we're committed to by focusing longer with this village probably than we usually do, investing in those kids and seeing them come through six years of school and maybe a little more. Talk about that in a second. Because we're going to continue that, because that is where we're working, man. That is where God is leading us. That's where God is leading us and doing work in this, is Vacation Bible School. Grow that. Memorial Chapel, a little group uh, in, in Lee County. Dwayne, he was here at the first service, has gone on our trips. The Vacation Bible School, he was telling them about the Vacation Bible School that our team led, and they got so jacked up that they went out and raised $500 for the school to expand their water system so they'll have water during the dry periods. And ain't that pretty cool, isn't it? Kids taking the lead on this, that a vacation Bible school in Lee County is going to help vacation Bible school in Guatemala. So going to do that, expand the water system. And hey, have you checked and seen how cheap used laptops are lately? And you can get a Mac Daddy flat screen TV from Walmart for not a lot. There are five classrooms in that building. We're going to get the teachers' laptops, and we're going to put monitors on those walls because right now they don't have any books. All they have is the chalkboard. And how cool it would be to get a kid excited about learning because when he goes to school, he gets to see these kind of things. He gets to see movies. He gets to be taught through the TV screen, and he doesn't get that at home. And man, I mean, you're talking about what? $250 TV and a used laptop? That's what we're going to do. It is so exciting. So exciting. And you can see at this picture here, um, there's Cheap, Chip Galloway. But you see right beside him is, is Hunter. 
that comes to church here. This was a moment for him. I mean, this is part of what it is. It's reaching out itself. And, and Hunter, you know, he stepped up and said the prayer leading kids to Christ. And that was out of his comfort zone. But again, it was just planting more seeds. And that's just a special moment for us because you captured it of people praying to accept Christ. That's just, that's just crazy good. All right, continue on. And we're going to continue to... to the, the construction of the church building, roof, windows, and doors. Like I said, they use it as a multi-purpose facility, but here's the cool part. We've worked with Dr. Ugo and the Che team, and they've agreed to let us sponsor a 7th and 8th grade school teacher. We're going to pay this school teacher higher than the going rate so we can get one of the best. It's $400 a month U.S. That's it. And the kids that successfully are get through to sixth grade, we're going to get them seventh and eighth grade. And that makes them very educated in that environment. It teaches them that next level of education. It makes the new leaders. It gets that generation coming through that aren't 200, 300 years behind. That's exciting for me, I, and I hope you share that. That's pretty cool. And it's going to be a Christian-based school, too because it's going to be something that we design with the Che community and support. So that's, that's what's next, too. And we're going to continue to support Che. You see the items there. I've talked about, you know, the medical clinic, the leadership training, but the evangelism, worship, and praise. At the end of the day, that's it, right? That is so cool. And I've got there... And we share smiles and the joy of life in Christ with these people. I promise you, I can speak for anybody that's gone on these trips. You go down there with a heart to share and reach other people. And you get blessed ten times over. Yeah? To the point of feeling guilty about it almost. She said, gosh, serving's supposed to be something that's rough. I'm supposed to be just dead tired, ready to go home. And instead, you're laughing you're smiling, you've got a peace about you, and God gives you those little glimpses of rainbows, of kids' eyesight being restored. Say, wow, thank you, thank you. Thank the rest of y'all for listening to me. Well, that last piece is what I love, you know, because sometimes we think of serving, and we think of, like, serving hard time, right? Like, it's, it's hard and it's rough, and sometimes it is. But underneath all of that, when we actually reach out and serve others, whether it's here in our community, across the globe, man, there's joy underneath all of that because we're doing what God has created us to do together. And man, I, we, we've had kind of, as I've come in here and been here the last few months, I know we've got kind of a loose connection with, you know, Guatemala. There's many of you have been on these trips, but... Nothing, no for, formal kind of relationship. And we are stepping it up and we have said we want to partner with what God is doing there. And so we're going to increase our connection so it's not just a handful of us, but together we're serving and loving these folks. And so, man, I want to encourage you this morning, whatever your step is, maybe it's stepping up and serving here next weekend around this place. Maybe it's in our community. Maybe it's food for the soul. Maybe it's, it's considering what God wants you to do in another part of the world. 
Listen, God has called us to serve and to make a difference because together we can change the world. Do you believe that? We can change the world. And God, we just are grateful that you have done a work in us, that you've changed our world because you sent your son to us. And God, you've given us the opportunity, the responsibility, the privilege, the joy being able to make known the manifold wisdom of God to the world. The world you've placed us in, our circles. God, but beyond that, to the ends of the earth, you've called us to do this and you've empowered us to do this together. And so Lord, I pray that we would be a people, that we would be a church that is known for the way that we love and serve others. In the name of Jesus, We don't just tell the good news, we show the good news by serving and loving people. And so Lord, I pray for our services coming up next week as we launch this new um, Saturday night service. God, we believe that you wanna reach people, that you wanna use us together as the church to do that. And so Lord, we pray that you would bring us fruit. God, help us to be faithful to sow seeds of the gospel in our city. Lord, we pray for the work you're gonna do through Food for the Soul starting tomorrow. Lord, we pray that your fingerprints would be all over that, that you would meet needs, not just tangible physical needs, but God, that that men and women and boys and girls would be exposed to the good news of the gospel. That would change their life, their eternity. And Lord, we pray for this partnership that you are growing with Dr. Ugo and the, the, the folks in Guatemala. God, would you use us? Would you use this group of people, this little church in Lugoff, South Carolina, impact people across the world with the gospel? Lord, we're grateful that you use us, that you've made us to make a difference, and that together, God, we can change the world because of the power of Jesus. And so, Lord, we worship you this morning. We call upon your name. Would you continue to meet with us in these last few moments we have together? We pray in Jesus' name.